Well, we're at that point in the year where different teams are angling for different levels of motivation. The Virginia Cavaliers, they want to have a chance to make a bowl game. They've got to win out. They're two and six. Virginia Tech, they're in the thick of things, not just to get to a bowl game. They have four wins and four losses and should, emphasis on that word, be able to find two wins somewhere along in their schedule. Will it come against Louisville this coming Saturday? Find out 1.30 airtime on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app and VTR in Southside. Game two of our Saturday triple header that starts with Notre Dame, Clemson, and of course, after that, it'll be LSU at Alabama. And then there are the Liberty Flames. They've already clinched a spot in the Conference USA Championship game. But I really don't believe they're at a spot where they need to dig deeper to find motivation when we already know that they can host the Conference USA Championship game Friday, December 1st, four weeks from today, if they beat Louisiana Tech this coming weekend. That's only part of the reason, though, why finishing strong matters for this Liberty Flames team. More on that right now in what he said and what he meant. Nothing beats an insight. Nothing beats an insightful press conference. I think I realized we got a long way to go. You know, uh, we definitely did some good things, and we did some things that we, we want to take back. We left some yards and some points out there on the field, but for the first time coming out uh, and to get a dub is really a blessing, and we were just happy to have that. That's why you need so-called experts to decipher what's really being said. It's nothing about the past, nothing about the future. Right now we're preparing for Cincinnati. It's time for what he said and what he meant. True insight into all the cliches and coach speak. For Liberty, the easiest part of the year in finishing strong actually is this coming weekend against Louisiana Tech. Win the game. They're a 17-point favorite, give or take, depending on where you look. That number has actually come down. I think it's justified because Liberty has struggled to cover games at home this year. They've been great on the road, but not great at home. But there's this other part to it. And this is a chance to dig deeper, peel back the onion, as some people like to say, on what's actually going on with Liberty University late in the season and what has been going on. We know it in public. Jamie Chabwell will not explicitly say it, but we can do the favor and decipher what he said and what he meant when he mentions that the team actually brought to him the fact that this team has struggled in latter portions of prior seasons. We have talked about that. Um, we're one and six the last two years in the month of November. And so uh, we brought it up and, and uh, have stated that. Actually, the team brought it to me. Some of them brought it to me, some of the guys that have been here. And so uh, everything that we've done, you know, everything that uh, from a practice, from a preparation, from an off-season training is, is for no- November. Um, I, had a, I had an AD that used to tell me November for championships. You know, September's for pretenders, October's for contenders, and November's for championships. And so that's important that you're able to uh, finish strong in the month of November. Jamie Chabwell, with the bigger picture about September is for pretenders, October is for contenders, and November is for championships. That's one of those great sayings that he can use no matter where he is in his personal journey and where his staff might be with him in that personal journey. Their personal journey is all tied together if they were to move somewhere. And then, of course, the football program. But notice what he mentioned at the beginning. The team actually brought it up to him. The team approached Jamie Chabwell about struggling in the latter part of the season. Look, this is the era of the transfer portal. 50% of the roster turned over from last year to this year with Liberty. That doesn't even include the fact that they have other players who transferred into this program 
and have stuck around through coaching staff changes. It's a heavy transfer market. They're not dumb in Liberty. They are plenty smart enough as players to know the environment of college football. But what they're really bringing up is, are we invested enough as a team and a coaching staff to believe that you're going to demand out of us what you're actually putting in to your program? Because let's not kid ourselves. If you want to be real down and dirty about this, Liberty football the last couple of years, they struggled down the stretch of the season. Certainly last year, the reports came out the infamous day of, I believe it was November 4th, that Tuesday after the win at Arkansas when Hugh Freeze, allegedly, we'll say, but uh, when the plane flew from Auburn, Alabama to Charlottesville, Virginia, and allegedly had their first meeting with Hugh Freeze, that after that, the Flames lost games at UConn, at home to Virginia Tech, and then the ever-infamous New Mexico State game. Reinventing the definition of quit. Is the team quitting on the coach, or is the coach quitting on the team? So that was one instance. But there are other thoughts as well within the Hugh Freeze aura. And a lot of folks at Liberty, I think, understandably didn't necessarily want to think about this, but I don't dispute the fact that there's truth to this, that Freeze always wanted to get back to the SEC. So by the time you got to November of successful seasons, the goal is really to try to get yourself positioned for an SEC opportunity. And when you're focused on that, how much focus is there on Liberty University and helping the team finish strong? I think the players that have stuck around, they're kind of like, okay, we don't want to relive this again. We're not dumb if you want to go somewhere else, but we want to know you're at least bought in to a chance for us to make a good run at the end of the year rather than missing an opportunity. And yes, in Hugh Freeze's defense, it was a lot different then because there was no conference championship for which they were actually competing. It was just quality wins that could bolster the Freeze resume and make him look appealing to an SEC school. And he was, and I think he'll do fine at Auburn over the long haul. But they're in a different spot now where you can legitimately win a conference championship. And I think they're a dark horse to make the college football playoff this year. And they'll probably be a dark horse again next year because the strength of schedule is not going to improve exponentially until a couple years from now. App State comes on next year, but there's not enough in conference to bolster what is not necessarily a strong non-conference schedule as Liberty goes through that transition period from independent and a team that people shot away from scheduling. You mean Dark Horse to make the playoff next year? Yes. Okay, because they're not making it this year. I mean, again, I'd say they're going to need a lot of chaos to have a chance to make it this year as the highest ranked. They're eight known unranked. They're not going to make it this year. I mean, let, let's call a spade a spade, Trey. You, if, if you were to put odds on it, it would be minus 1,000 that Liberty does not make I would the put college it football maybe playoff. like 10,000. I mean, whatever it is, it'd be strong. But the point of the matter is, is I get what Liberty is thinking when it comes to that. And Jamie Chowell expounded upon the idea that the team brought the late season struggles to him. And we have everything in front of us. And so uh, we've not dwelled on it, but we're definitely aware of it and that, that we're going to practice uh, and we're going to get stronger in the month of November. That's the mindset. And so um, I think you always you want to look back. You don't want to dwell on, on the past, but you have to definitely want to learn from it and, and why it happened. Why it happened. Well, we just outlined why Liberty struggled in the month of November in prior years. For Jamie Chowell, though, it's important for him to hear it from the team as they get into the month of November so that there can actually be a level of buy-in. Now, do I think Liberty covers at 15.5 against Louisiana Tech? Find out in our votes of confidence around 5.30 today here in the fast lane. But I get what Jamie Chowell is saying and why buy-in late in the year really matters. And there's always different circumstances. Obviously, I wasn't here for them all, uh, but uh, we're part of that now. And that's what I said. Is we, we're, we're part of that, and so we want to make sure that we can uh, erase that narrative. We're part of that now. In other words, I'm going to buy into what you guys as a team 
have gone through previously and want to make sure I give it my all for this particular team. Look, there's no secret out there that if Cincinnati did not qualify for the college football playoff, a lot of people believe Luke Fickle would have taken the Notre Dame job when Brian Kelly left and Marcus Freeman ended up taking that role a couple of years ago. But Fickle was focused on helping Cincinnati win a conference championship, get to the college football playoff, and then after they lost a ton of pro prospects, including uh, Kobe Bryant, not Mamba, but the other Kobe Bryant, and Sauce Gardner, the two defensive backs, plus... Desmond Ritter at quarterback, and a couple of other pro prospects. At that point, the next year, you look at it and you realize you're not competing for a championship, but Luke Fickle's built up a good resume. He goes to Wisconsin. Look, I think he did his job and his obligation. If you're Jamie Chabal, you want to do the same thing by your program. And by his comments, it's an indication that what he says is, I want to hear from the players what it was like in prior years. What he means is, I know what it was like, because kind of went through the same thing at Coastal Carolina and didn't end very well. And I want to let them know that I am balled into making the most out of this season, which is part of the reason why I think Liberty will end up finishing strong at the end of this year. Meanwhile, what he said and what he meant number two, Tony Elliott, Virginia Cavaliers, head football coach. What he said on needing to defend their home turf as a favorite, about a pick a little bit over that, against Georgia Tech tomorrow, 2 p.m. kickoff on the CW in Charlottesville. Uh, it'll be great to be back at Scott Stadium, and, and truth be told, man, I, I, I got to figure out how to get the guys to defend Scott Stadium better. You know, we have not won an ACC game uh, in Scott Stadium yet, so, so, man, we got a lot to play for. We got a lot of pride on the line. We need to defend our home turf. We need to defend our home turf. What he's saying is, I still understand that I've only won four games as the head football coach at Virginia. Three of them were home games against the teams from Virginia and not the Hokies. William and Mary, Old Dominion, and Richmond in the first game that he ever coached. And the fourth was that win at North Carolina. Virginia's showing progress, but we're looking for more carrots in front of us to understand that one and one in our last two games and a moral victory, but not a real one at Miami. They did cover as an 18-point underdog with the 29-26 loss in overtime. But that's not enough for this program. I like what I'm hearing. Um, there are more points to believe Virginia's heading in the right direction. But if you're Tony Elliott, at least you're aware of the fact that you need to start winning at home, if nothing more than the fact that Drawing strong home crowds to Scott Stadium has obviously not been his forte since taking over and the lack of results at that venue and overall have only furthered the consternation from the Virginia fans. Meanwhile, for Virginia Tech, again, we'll preview this game and our votes of confidence around 530 today. Uh, by the way, Virginia Tech's at Louisville, 130 airtime, game three of our, game two of our triple header on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app. But there are certain keys for Virginia Tech winning this game. One of them, as Brent Pry alluded to after the victory last week against Syracuse in the post-game show that you heard on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app and VTR in Southside 106.3, Kyron Jones at quarterback just needing to be as efficient as he's been over the last four games. Yeah, he's just he's getting better all the time. You know, I'm so proud of the decision-making he, that he's, uh, you know, he's operating with. 150-some passes without an interception. I don't want to jinx him, but he's just, he's really smart with the ball right now. And we need that to continue. If you're Brent Pry, we're going to highlight those positives because we're going to continue to emphasize them to Kyron Drones as we did in the postgame show from Virginia Tech Syracuse on the Virginia Tech radio network that you hear on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app. Hokies need Kyron Drones to avoid turnovers because they're an underdog at Louisville. Number has come down from 10.5 to 9.5, but they are an underdog. They have yet to get a road victory this year, and they haven't really lit the world on fire on the road. They've only got one win in the history of Brent Pry. 
year and change at Virginia Tech. And that was going back to Liberty, of course, when Coach Freeze was in the checkout line from Liberty to Auburn uh, and trying to check into that job there, that Virginia Tech went into Lynchburg and got the win. You need more. And you need Kyron Drones to operate at peak efficiency. And there are going to be other parts, including a complementary element to the running game, which means not just Bashal Tootin, but also Malachi Thomas providing the one-two punch. Yeah, I really think we got a hell of a one-two punch, Mike. We really do. Those two guys, the way the line's improving, you know, <coughs> Bashal, you know, he had a, about a 30-yarder 30, 30 called back. I got on Malachi because it was on him. Well. And then the very next play, he gets an explosive run. So, but uh, those two guys, man, they're, they're really a good tandem. They are, and it bleeds into complimentary football. Trey, was that cough intentional to mention that you're disagreeing with my comments, or was no, that unintentional? that was unintentional. That was hey, unexpected. Hey, you know, we got to ask. It always happens at the most inopportune time. But it goes to the point of complimentary football, and Brent Pry mentioned that that doesn't include just Kyron Jones not turning it over at quarterback and having a one-two punch in the running game, but also the defense stepping up to complete the part of the complete, complete, Mentory football. Again, one of the uh, one of the goals, one of the keys defensively was to score. We found a way. Again, it's complimentary ball, right? You, you get the ball out to the 50, you pin them deep, they get a penalty. All of a sudden, you're in that area where safeties are, you know, are, are, are potential. And uh, Chris was aggressive with his play calls, and guys did a great job. Virginia Tech, they played good defense. It's been a hallmark for them getting to this point which is something that absolutely must continue against Louisville. Will it? Trey and I will put our money where our mouth is next in the fast lane, but that comes after we keep receipts. I got receipts. Darn right, I do. Or should I say... And guess what? We keep receipts. We keep receipts. That when we return here in the fast lane on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app. <laughs> 